Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome to another episode of Event Brew. I am Deanna, one of the co-hosts of this uh, illustrious show, illustrious group of individuals. Um, it's definitely more masculine energy than feminine energy today. We don't have my friend Tui with us, but um, I'm excited for today's conversation. Uh, but before we dive into that, uh, would love for my other co-host to say hello and tell us what is your go-to Chick-fil-A order? uh this is will kern from endless events uh the reason why we talk about this because i think we're all going to be ordering chick-fil-a except for nick at some point today um but my go-to order is the number one no pickles polynesian sauce and talking about what we drink i get a sweet tea that's my like my go-to drink on there very nice huh yeah i don't it's funny i i like chick-fil-a the the chick-fil-a sauce quite a bit so i buy that and i keep that in the house and then i end up eating like the tyson uh spicy chicken patties and I just make them in my house so I can just like, it's like, I, I would say it's I like that. Nick filet, Nick filet. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark that quick. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I do that often. Uh, frankly, it's uh, it's like a constant thing for years in my freezer. So I just make my own. Um, but uh, sometimes I drink that with um, Mountain Dew. And uh, today I'm drinking that with uh, Mountain Dew uh, Voodoo. Uh, which at this point Mountain Dew has seasonal flavors, which is just a weird thing to say out loud. <laughs> it's like pumpkin um, spice latte, but for like the nerds. Well, this is the mystery flavor. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So this is this is even dumber. Uh, it's a mystery flavor. So this is very much like Mountain Dew going. You know, we could sell them anything, and they'll buy it. Like if we just don't even tell them what it is, they'll they'll just be like, and that's that's, that's brand right. loyalty. So uh, that's what I'm drinking is uh, something I don't even know what it is. Oh, well, very nice. Um, in terms of my go-to Chick-fil-A order, Nick, it's funny you mentioned the Chick-fil-A sauce because I've noticed since I have bought the bottles for home, I actually buy less Chick-fil-A because the order of operations of my favorite things on the menu is number one, Chick-fil-A sauce, oh, number two, waffle fries, oh. number three, the chicken. The chicken is the third best thing there. I agree. Um, I agree. Interesting. So yeah, if you get the Chick-fil-A sauce and just start using it on everything... I or whatever sauce the choice yeah. you use it less sauce, um you may decrease your consumption and spending there so just fun fact mm -hmm. um so my go-to order is usually the waffle fries and chicken tenders i don't typically get a drink there because i don't know i just don't like spending money or calories on beverages but yeah. if i do i get the lemonade but i always water it down because it's just a bit of like, yeah. like half half lemonade yeah like I, and i don't do the diet like no i want the real <laughs> thing i just don't want all the diabetes maybe 50 percent. <laughs> i think 50 percent diabetes is still considered diabetes yeah 
You know, I don't want my blood to be a hundred percent. Well, you can be, you can be pre-diabetic. Give, give yeah, me some hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, gonna be okay. like my A1C is a little on the cusp, but not like yeah. full. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. You put that right on the label. <laughs> okay. Okay. What so, we, what are you actually supposed to be talking about today? <laughs> no, I think we have an event-related topic that is not related to uh, Chick-fil-A sauce. So we got a question, and it's a great question. And uh, uh, myself, uh, I personally have a little bit of a vested interest in this question. I actually posed something similar on my LinkedIn a couple weeks ago. Um, I like to say I started chaos, and then I abandoned the chat. Um, <laughs> so the question we got from the listener from Genesis Ruiz, I believe, Genesis, what? I hope that's how you pronounce your last name. We only get questions from people with the coolest names. Like, it's like <laughs> if, if your name was like Jack or like, you know, like. Yeah, like they don't Jill, they don't like the show. Don't even bother. Genesis, the start of time. <laughs> right. what, a, what a name. That's so cool. Genesis, Sorry. thank you for writing in. Genesis asks about the difference between an event planner and an event marketer. And um, I, uh, I, you have to read the question as exactly as, cause okay. this is spicy how they even like worded it too. We'll drop it in the chat again. Cause I think uh, I, I may yeah, have left. Yeah. Why do uh, event marketers receive more credit and respect than event planners? Is that the, the formal yep, yep. question? Yes. Yep. That's a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> First off, it takes the premise that they are. What's funny is the more context of this one, too, is this is a question that we posed to ourselves, but we didn't answer. We kind of like dropped the bomb and just like never got to it in one of our episodes. I forget what the episode was uh, that we talked about it, but uh, they they basically are like, yeah, you asked this question. I want to know the answer to it. (laughs) (laughs) We we teased it. So the genesis of this question (laughs) was from another podcast. Okay, making sure. Genesis is never going to like ever listen to his podcast. Unsubscribe immediately. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm like incredibly envious of this name, if, if anything. Uh, so I, I will one. start by saying I think what's interesting, um, and this is, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll put the disclaimer out there. This is all kind of um, uh, not hearsay, but not, I don't have any facts to, that, to back this. So don't uh, quote me. But I believe that event marketing as a profession or as a job title is somewhat newer than event planning um, and the profession of event planning um, or event coordinating. Now, the question of the differentiation between the two, I feel like that's an entirely different topic. But I will say that what I have observed is that they are pretty separate in terms of the communities in which these people um find themselves in terms of the content that is created for these different communities um but there is definitely overlap the question is how much overlap and where where does one end and one begin so that's where i'll start like i said i have i definitely have a perspective but i'm trying to like not just jump into it and take over this whole Mm. episode I do think that's really interesting. The perspective that like what's hot and new is what's like considered more respectful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, digital markers right now probably get paid like a ton of money. Cause it's like a newer, like related topic than someone who's doing more traditional advertising. Maybe. Um, I, I think that's a really interesting perspective that I never thought about before. Um, one of the, one of the thoughts that I had around it is that like, 
marketing is tied to an actual major department of a business. So therefore, it's given budget, it's given more direct response to like a CMO, which is one step away from the CEO. Whereas, you know, like if you're an event planner, you might be in the marketing department, but you're probably like reporting to like a field market. You're probably, there's so many layers between you and like the CEO that it's, it's so far between. Whereas like, if you say like, oh, event, we're an, I'm an event marketer. It's like, oh, well, I'm a core part of this business. So that makes me think like a little bit more respect, maybe a little bit more budget, that sort of thing too. Yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, like, so for me, I look at this and I'm like, it really depends on the organization, how they define things, because marketers are very ill-defined in some areas and, and event people even more so. If this is something, if this is an organization of which uh, has a, a marketing department uh, of which there is someone whose specialty is uh, mar marketing their events, I agree with you. I think that that, that position is likely... Uh, a specialty within the marketing department and it is defined probably very uh, black and white. There's metrics. I think a lot of the reasons that event planners are given less credit in general is because they are frequently shooting from the hip and they're not using things that are easily graphable uh, and therefore sometimes seen as soft uh, metrics. Uh, so I think that if you have hard metrics and that, uh, so, on, so if it's on that, then I think that they have, they have a fair amount of respect as much as maybe any other special specialist does in the marketing department. If it's uh, part of like the, uh, the core event group, let's say like a, a third party uh, event planning organization and there's an event marketer within it, or if it's under the planner, then I think that they probably have very little respect because I think that in that instance there, I always think of marketing, like there's capital M marketing and lowercase marketing, uh, lowercase M the capital M works with production of something and helps define what it is. If you look at product marketing, that's, that's pretty much a given uh, marketing works with product to develop it. They know what uh, the clients want. They want, they know what the market uh, will bear and they help define the product. That's, pretty rare in events. Rents generally don't collaborate with the person who is going to be marketing that event. They design the event and then they hand it to them and say, sell some tickets. Uh, and I've been in both positions. Uh, I've been a marketing strategist, uh, which works with the design. Um, and I've, I've been a, uh, an event marketer, third party, where I've been asked to sell more tickets. Uh, and it's like, well, I can tell you that your event's not that good and the market won't bear it, but I still have to sell tickets. So I'm just filling out orders and therefore I don't get respect because I, my position really doesn't warrant it. Um, tough, you know, uh, in that position, um, to do anything, but like, it really comes down to if, are you impacting the design of the experience? And if you're not, then you're just sort of, you know, filling a role and doing work and, and whatever. And that's why you're not probably seen as someone who is, you know, much authority. I want to kind of piggyback off of that in terms of when you say you're given a role that maybe people don't uh, respect. And I think this is kind of a brewing sentiment in the, I think in some of the circles we're in, in the event community, especially with those whose primary role is probably that of event planner, um, whether they're association or corporate, um, a common um, uh, gripe is the generalization of our field. 
And I actually did a talk at MPI's WEC last year talking about, you know, kind of building your career as an event professional. And the big piece, big tenet of that talk was about pushing back against the generalization, being a generalist at all these different buckets. I mean, if you look at the CMP fields of study, which is kind of like the golden certification in our industry, you've got marketing, you've got HR, you've got finance. Like these are whole fields of study that people like spend their entire career in and event professionals those usually with the planner title are somewhat expected to dabble in all of them and dabble well um and you know across my career i've worked corporate i've worked association i've done in-house i've done third party Hmm. that's essentially been kind of a consistent trait is you just touch a lot of things it's usually a department that's really um there's a lot of cross-divisional collaboration. You're working with people in accounting. You're working with people in the tech team. You're working with marketing. You're working with, um, you know, I used to work for a software company. So I'm working with the developers and the trainers because our content was related to that. So it's definitely a very generalist position. And so, you know, I can kind of touch on my take is that there really isn't a huge difference in my in my opinion from an event planner and an event marketer. An uh, event marketer is just someone who has specialized in the field and or they are an event professional who started as a marketer first and fell into events. That's kind of my oh. take or my kind of observations that I've noticed over the past couple of years. I, I see that event marketers and event planners are like totally different roles. Like if I, if I were to describe myself as an event marketer, I'm solely doing events for marketing purposes. Whereas like an event planner, I could be doing events and who cares if I'm marketing the brand well or whatnot on there. Like I almost think like event planner, I think is more logistics, maybe design oriented, like event marketers, like uh, not only like event logistics, design oriented, but also like I got to make sure this actually accomplishes like my company's marketing goals in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it ends up being like marketing for this, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, event production for the sake of lead generation uh, versus um, planning for the sake of planning for some other thing. Like the the emphasis is on the planning and the emphasis is on the outcomes. Like I always think of like internal event planner, or I'm sorry, event like marketers as uh, the ones who are the, the go-between between the logistics-minded person who is herding cats and uh, making sure that like things are signed and whatever. Like yeah, event marketer doesn't care about the hotel contract. Uh, the event marketer cares about uh, attendance, lead generation, pipeline, um, and, and things like that. Now, it also depends on the scale of the organization. So like I, I think that one of the reasons that we have probably a big like wide gap between how we're interpreting this is, is that the larger the organization, the more these are defined and less hats are being worn. So in that instance, there's less overlap, but in some instances it's that's, it is one job, you know, like, yeah. And like, when you think about like the role of it, so I'm like from the, I got indoctrinated in the merits school of thinking. So in that there's phases of an event and there's announcing, attracting, anticipation, arrival, enter, engage, exit, and extend. Now, the event marketer, they're in charge of announcing, uh, attracting, uh, and anticipation. The planner is arrival, enter, engage, exit, 
And then the marketer comes back in for the extend, you know, like the let's get them back. Let's keep let's keep retention. And they work hand in hand in the, in the entire life cycle uh, of the journey of the attendee. Uh, and then when it comes to the like in like the types of uh, events that really require deeper marketing, um, then it's it's not only the uh, it's the life of the attendee from their attendee perspective, but also their relation to the brand. And they kind of like one runs the ball to a certain degree and then hands it off to the other. And that's kind of like where the line is. Um, that's how I view it from like a real esoteric standpoint. Like when I was doing event strategy, it was like, okay, here's where I listen to the marketer as the the main person who uh, is defining this, this section. And then uh, the, the planner is collaborative and then it kind of flips uh, because I don't ask the, the event marketer, what's the arrival like, like what's the first impression because that that's the kind of experiential element that is deep within the planner's toolbox, whereas attracting people to want to attend is something that that is closer to the surface of the the event marketer. But again, this is in a world where these are defined and there's people are wearing separate hats and there's less blur. My gut says there's probably a hell of a lot of blur from a lot of organizations that are being asked to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think that's a really key distinction, Nick, especially the size of the organization, the purpose of the event. Um, you know, some organizations are so large that they have internal event specialists and, and external that are more for either generating leads or, you know, uh, customer loyalty, brand recognition, things of that nature. Um, I think one thing that's, that's kind of like percolating in the back of my head is I just started a new job five months ago. So I'm relatively, uh, not that long ago, I was looking at a lot of um, job descriptions. And with that being said, that's some of the, the information that's informing my perspective on this is I applied for a lot of event marketing roles because when you actually peel the onion and look uh, underneath the title and at the JD, there's a lot of overlap. The one difference I would say is maybe metrics and reporting um, in terms of what are kind of the key benchmarks for success in those positions. Um, for example, even when I was uh, doing some independent consulting, I worked with a client last year and their titles were, you know, event marketers. 75% of the events they did were internal. So there was no audience acquisition. There was no kind of external brand related to that. It was just they were in the marketing department and they were the event people. But their role was, you know, largely logistics. Um, and then for personal experience, I had a role where I was called an event planner, kind of like you were mentioning, Nick. And a lot of the work I was doing, maybe 50%, yeah, but i say about 50% was event marketing. I just didn't realize it. You know, I'm doing trade show related work. I'm doing webinars and kind of creating the strategy to get those uh, people to attend the webinars, creating the content, things of that nature. So it's, it's definitely a yes and. And the other thing that I will state that I notice, I think because event marketing is a little bit newer, it's a little bit more on trend. You'll see it a lot more with tech companies. Um, you'll see it a lot more with, um, startups, um, as opposed to, um, associations or, you know, 
old corporate entities. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my take in terms of the actual role itself. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's plenty of people who are event marketers who maybe started in marketing. You know, maybe they started in de demand gen and kind of fell into, they started dabbling in events here and there. Um, but their role is still largely marketing. They're still largely dealing with marketing software. They're creating email campaigns and they host a webinar every once in a while and they might do an in-person event once a quarter, whatever that looks like. So I'm not discounting that that doesn't exist. I'm just wondering what's the prevalence, what's the percentage of those who have an event marketing role that is marketing forefront versus those who may be kind of covert planners but with a marketer title. Yeah, there's more covert planners with the marketing title or covert marketers with a, you know, the other way around. Like, do you think my, that that's... my take, my, my opinion, again, this is not, I don't, I don't know any stats better to back this, but my opinion is there's probably more planners that are covert marketers. Um, and they may not even realize it if they didn't start as an event planner, if they started as a marketer and fell into events, they may still see themselves they as an event marketer. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I think the more people that started in events are so used to doing just whatever it takes, you know, like they're just, they're not so used to having rigid definitions of where their job begins and ends and where it's this and that versus marketers, which have so many endless fat. I mean, they, there's just so many different types of marketers uh, that, uh, and they get defined in organizations because there's a branch amount of specialties where events, event planners or whatever, call themselves six different things. And I couldn't tell you the difference. Like when is someone an event designer versus event planner versus a meeting planner? Interchangeable words because it's an ill-defined corner of things. And uh, marketing, not so much. It's pretty defined, but it really just depends on the scale. Like if it's a larger scale organization, um, then you have a role that is laser defined uh, because you to the left and to the right of you are the people who do the other things. And a planner rarely has anyone to the left or the right of them. Uh, they're, they're, they're asked to do all things and they just do it. And they don't know any better sort of because like they're, it's heads down uh, and work because it's, it's ill-defined and it's considered like alchemy. Uh, and, and that's the issue is that I think marketers that find themselves as event planners de facto are the ones that don't immediately run for the hills uh, when given that tasks, those tasks to do. And there's probably plenty of marketers who would because it's very different kinds of work. Uh, and if you would be someone who started in marketing and uh, got into events and survived it, um, you're probably you know, pretty rare and you probably will be asked to stay there. Um, I think because like, mm -hmm. it's, if I, if I want to, if I wanted to find someone who's interested in furthering their career in, in like specialization in social media, I just have to find a rock and throw it and I will hit someone who will, who will raise <laughs> their hand and say they do that. But all the things that come with, you know, uh, event planning and, and executing an event especially after you've done it once maybe not if you haven't done it once but if you've done it once and at the end of that you'd still like to do that again uh you're probably doing that moving on i mean because like i think most people get exposed to it in from a marketing standpoint and go yeah not for me 
uh, it's not nine to five. It's, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of things that are outside of your control. There's very little bit outside of my control in digital marketing. Google has to go down, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like it's a lot of like, like the chances of a venue, uh, uh, you know, having an issue with like their, a ceiling tile following, falling is much more likely than Google crashing or something like that, where, where my analytics or my <laughs> PPC won't work. Right. So like, uh, uh, it's just the variables are, all, are just absurd. And by the way, if I did terrible today at PPC, like utterly terrible, I could tell you like, oh yeah, uh, my, uh, you know, my conversion was nothing. And, you know, they go, you can okay, recover from it. It's, t- it's Tuesday. We'll, we'll just yeah. do better tomorrow. We'll learn from it. But if you say, Hey, the, 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 you know, the event I put on, uh, we didn't, you know, I don't know. There was a fire, and then it's like, well, and we didn't, you know, know how to. Not even a fire. Like, Let's get say people just, out like, of there. It didn't sell tickets. It didn't go well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Start school, looking for another job. Yeah. Sorry. 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 <laughs> but there is risk management. There is no risk management when it comes to. I mean, I guess there's there's like brand risk management. Uh, mm-hmm. I suppose, but like it, crisis it's, comms. Yeah, it's a thing, but like it's it's way more common sense. And by the way, it's like, oh shoot, that's terrible. I guess. I put out this thing to someone maybe, or I just go in and edit and hit the edit button and, and change this letter to that letter. Um, okay, yeah. done. It, it's not, you know, you're not holding people's lives in your hand. You're holding lack of clicks. So it, the stakes are so much higher. And I think that like the it's, it's more work and the stakes are higher. Uh, even though the work is, is very analogous, you know, you're put, bringing people in, you're exposing them to your brand. Uh, you're telling a story. You're, you're trying to change behavior. You, you see that and you go, that's marketing. And you're like, yeah, but one is a gauntlet uh, of work coupled by a lack of data. And the other one's pure data with like pretty easy, you know, like there's no fail. It's just get better. That's a great segue, Nick. So my question is, if we're looking at event marketing and event planning as things that are somewhat analogous, maybe one may or may not have, um, more stress or more of a workload attached to it. Why is one somewhat perceived a little uh, with more respect or uh, not even just more respect, more pay? <laughs> if we want really want to dig into the nitty gritty. Um, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Will? Um, well, I mean, like, I think like, for example, one of the, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I, th- I think it's tough because like, I think it's had like when I think of event marketer versus event planner for me, it's like the type of event they're planning on here too. Um, so, you know, for example, um, this is probably my last like reason why I think that they maybe get more love in uh, yeah attention and pay is that event marketers a lot of times are producing events inside of a lot of times other events in a long ways. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, like the, at a base level, they're potentially managing like the trade shows exhibits for their, like their booth and things like that. But like when I think of event marketer, I'm thinking about like, okay, the top event marketing agencies out there are all like, for example, producing mini events inside like San Diego comic-con. And these events are like the pinnacle of what almost every event company wants to do. Like everyone would love to get to do, you know, XYZ activation at Comic-Con or XYZ activation at, uh, at, a, at, a, at you know, XYZ event or whatever it is, like, or the CES or something like that. So where I think like the reason why they get so much attention and love too is not only like this, anything related to skills, it's just the fact that they're playing on this like public playing field that like for event marketers, they have to like think really creatively, like, oh, we're gonna do a Walking Dead like 
cornfield where all of a sudden you're going to walk through and have to like survive from the zombies and things like that. That's like going to get coverage not only on BizBash with it, but it's also going to get coverage on the marketing magazines, the event marketing magazines, even sometimes, you know, general general business publications like Forbes, for example. Not that Forbes is really a well-respected publication anymore, <laughs> but you get what I'm kind of saying. Like, whereas like, let's say, for example, the be like, let's say you take the best planned experiential event possible, C2 Montreal. How many people outside of the events industry have even heard of C2 Montreal on here, right? And that's like, they, they probably accomplish the same thing, have they accomplished the same goals and everything like that. It's yeah. because like one is like a event planning event or, and even though C2 is like definitely more of a marketer's event. And then one's like, like, oh, hey, we're playing on the public field of like B to C in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I think, no, I, I think the... that's what, that's one thing I think about too. That visibility is really key. Um, you know, when you're looking at like, the Amazon AWS events, you're looking at Dreamforce, you're looking yeah, you're at, like, at oh South God. by Southwest. Like, yeah, those have huge visibility that 90% of the industry, you know, people people don't even understand what they do that they they immediately want to correlate us with wedding, wedding planning because in their mind, that's the closest thing that they can wrap their heads around. Um, so I think that is definitely a fair point that the, the high visibility, the things that, you know, you look at even some of the like the government related events, you know, I'm sure the people, I don't know if the people that work with, with the, um, you know, like the White House, if they would be event marketers, but you get what I'm saying. Those events that have. Um, as long as you know which the right four seasons is, that's, that's going right. to be. <laughs> that's ahead of, ahead of, ahead of it. Yeah. yeah, like that, yeah that's, classic. you know, that, that um, job is, you know, it's probably something that would would use an event planner i think yes, creativity exactly. was mentioned that's a huge bit so mm -hmm. you're talking about like garnering at least um uh money uh and and to me at a certain level that just comes down to uh what makes you unique and like how you make yourself invaluable to an organization uh if you're filling a role and you're doing the work uh, that is pretty defined uh, there's a finite amount of resources that can be dedicated to you if you have the ability to create new uh, opportunities uh, and that comes from the ability to be creative then uh, you become invaluable to an organization you earn more respect and you earn more money generally speaking and um, in if an event marketer if you're talking about like activations or or things like that where it's largely uh, uh, the design if they're you know in charge of the design element of that uh, in a highly competitive landscape meaning like for instance trade shows where hundreds of people have the same amount of square footage as you and you have to compete with that and uh, prove it uh, and and you can prove it because there's numbers that's the secret you know if you have the ability to leverage your creativity and uh, have there be uh, uh, numbers that are attached to it that are um, black and white then you get respect uh, you get to move up within an organization and you get and generally get less hats and more power uh, and i think that like for a planner that is harder to do as that is classically defined because there are so many uh, aspects of the job that are less creative uh as much as the the, the position believes it to be uh, you know an incredibly creative position there is elements of it that are but hotel contracting and f and b and things like that take up a significant percentage of the amount of actual time uh, so, uh, your, your creativity is there, uh, but it's not the vast majority of the job. Whereas, uh, many times with, uh, like 
uh, maybe B2C specifically, I can think of the event marketers who were in charge of creative designs, like the, the person who creatively uh, comes up with the concept gets the lion's share of the um, uh, positives. And then the negatives really just come on the execution, you know, like they're like, oh, this is a great idea. And then it's like, let's pass it off to the planner who basically can either meet those expectations or fall flat. Uh, and they're in a position not necessarily to credit, but only to lose. Uh, and that's a, you know, depending on how the, the, the workload is shared there, that could be a big difference too. If the marketer is asked to like in, in marketing agency work to be a creative first and their, their uh, time and their energy and the investment put it put into them is coming up with a conceptual, um, that always has a premium over the work. Um, just because the work can you know, the, the idea is that the work can be taught and the work can be executed by people, um, you know, in, in, over time by, you know, anyone. And uh, the creativity is a creativity because everyone else is doing the same thing. So that's a big difference, too, is like what percentage of your work is 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 judged on the creative uh, and which of it is designed around the um, the actual work work, the checking of boxes if one sways more than the other, then they're going to get the respect and the money. And uh, the other one is going to get basically the, um, I mean, it's such a really bad position. And I see this all the time in tons of different businesses where I'm like, I give people a lot of slack because I'm like, they're really in a position where they, all they can do is fail like, or meet expectations and meet expectations means they're just forgotten. That's tough. And like, I think there's a lot of instances where planners are in that position. It's like, look, we designed this to be such a way uh, the expectation, you know, we, we, you know, we thought this would go down that way. And they're, they're up against people's expectations. Like they're, they're what they're, um, you know, hoping to have happen. And if it doesn't happen that way, uh, and we know that nothing happens the way that people think it will, there's always complications, then they're always behind. And like that, that part is the part that I think is unfair where the marketer basically just gets to like come up with the solving of a problem. Um, but the, you know, like the, the concept is rarely audited. Uh, the execution is is frequently audited. That's why I'm an ideas person. It's very, very soft. You get paid for doing <laughs> no work. So you're saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I honestly do. I, I like. I and people are like, oh, you know, like we, you know, that, those are some great ideas. Should we pay you? And I'm like, no, because I think I ultimately believe this. Ideas are cheap. I really do. And and, I, and I'm an ideas person, which is a rare combination to hear those two things said at the same time. But yeah. I think they're cheap. Uh, I think that, you know, um, the real the real difference in everything is how you actually do it and execute it. Uh, and that that is rarely ever um, given its due. And I think that's the the bottom line is is planners are doers and event marketers are are thinkers. And not that one doesn't think and that one doesn't do, but it's one is that's how they're perceived. We're talking about all about perception. Yeah. And it's how they're judged. And, and I think that's it. You know, like someone's like, man, what a great campaign concept that was before it's even been tested you know before it's ever and like you get the the kudos from from being backed up against the wall and saying like this is what we need to accomplish how would you do that and you come up with a, the campaign concept that addresses that in a story that, that that talks about it but then it's passed off in the event world in in the like in the agency world then the agency has to actually execute it on it as well and it's generally all balled into one but in the in when it comes to events then it's usually given to someone who 
either, you know, they're like, uh, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get the carpet or we couldn't do this or we couldn't do that. Or we only have this many staff and like, they're kind of bringing you down from your utopian dream uh, with their reality because they work in reality and the other one doesn't, you know, they don't work in ideas. So like people, people generally, you know, feel really good about the idea people and they just kind of take for granted the work. And I think that's a lot of the, like the big line difference. I think um, there was this great episode of uh, Biz Bash's, uh, their uh, interview series. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but it was the VP of events. Um, oh, I can't remember the company, but it's like one of the big finance or life insurance companies. And it was an amazing interview. If I think of it, I'll mention at the end of the episode. But she mentioned how she wanted her team to go from being seen as executors of great ideas and executors of tactics to really being plugged into strategy and like being able to drive the business. I think it might've been New York life. I think that was the company she was with. And um, so she talked about how she really prompted them to like, not just wait for directives to come down from the C-suite or from upper management of, okay, here's an event we need to do. Let's manage it. But what are the business priorities? What are the strategic objectives we're going after? How can the work we do support that, lead it, uh, X, Y, and Z? And how can we get out in front and put our ideas in front of people before they can even think to task down these events and initiatives? And I thought that the way she laid it out just made so much sense that a lot of times we are on the back half. We're not at the beginning talks of strategy. We're not at the beginning talks of campaigns, we are on the end executing other people's ideas. So I think that's, that's a great a kind of reminder, Nick, for us to to find ways to get um, our creativity out front of people and plugging our work into the strategic big picture initiatives of whatever your organization is. Yeah, I mean, that's if you're not point. part of the inception of an idea, then you are you're never going to be, you don't have the same seat, you know, uh, at the table. Uh, and that, that's really it. Like if, any, if any position that you have within an organization uh, isn't taking what you, uh, what your experience, your viewpoints uh, and your uh, overall uh, creative mindset, if it's not taking it into account before whatever is made is made, uh, then you don't have an equal seat at the table. And it, jockeying for that position and getting in there is what uh, will, will earn you the respect that you need if, if it's possible. And if it's not, then you're an order taker. Like I said, I, I experienced it in marketing a lot too uh, on the other side of it where I'm asked, you know, that something's completely built. They built all the, the entire event. They said, this is uh, uh, who we're having speak. You know, this is what time it's going to be. This is what city it's going to be. Go sell tickets. And uh, it's uh, I'm like, well, uh, you know, I'll do the best I can. But, you know, all my experience says this is not going to be successful. And that doesn't matter. Uh, then, you know, you're uh, you're not in a good you're not in the driver's seat. So like anything you can do in order to let people know ahead of time that the experience that you have would have been if you're in a position where you're in the eight ball would have been valuable. Um, then you might get it next next time around. You might be in a position to you know move up. 
So, so true. Important. So true. Um, thanks all. We want to hear from our listeners. What do you think about this topic? What do you think about the difference between event marketers and planners? Um, is there a difference? Um, is there a difference in respect, perceived respect between the two? Is there a difference between um, the pay between the two? What has been your experience or your perception of the topic? Uh, email us, eventbrew at helloendless.com. And send us your questions. We uh, are tracking all the questions that you send in for future episode topics and things to discuss. Um, and thanks, yeah. Genesis, for sending us a question. Thank Proof you, that Genesis. we do read your questions that do come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Will and Nick. And we will see you all in the next uh, episode of Event Brew. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew.